You know, I've probably heard the story of the prodigal son a hundred times, it feels like. (laughs) The son goes off on his own and blows his inheritance and comes back home. Well, you know the story. (laughs) But, I don't know. I guess it just hit me harder today. Um, listen, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry for turning my back on you, and I'm sorry for not listening to you. I'm sorry, okay? When I got into that relationship, it felt like you were nudging me the other way. And part of me knew you were right. It wasn't going to be good for me. But the other part of me didn't care. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Well, as you probably know, you broke up with me. I should have seen it coming, really. Look, I don't know. I knew it wasn't what you wanted for me, but I did it anyway. And I'm sorry. I ended up with a, with a bottle in my hand every weekend as I tried to be who he wanted me to be and not who you wanted me to be. Me for the worst. And now I don't know what to do. I don't have anyone to talk to about it. That's kind of why I'm here. I'm at a loss. And I I know, I know you probably don't want me back. If you could just listen, though. I mean, it's like the prodigal son, right? (laughs) But I didn't just blow my inheritance. I didn't just spend some money. I disobeyed you, and I turned my back on you. So, let's hear it. See, I told you so. I've heard it so many times by now. It shouldn't hurt, right? (laughs) So come on, just say it. I mean, you were right after all. (sighs) Okay. Or just say nothing. Come here. Welcome home. Let me hold you and heal you. You need to know how much I love you. And I have so much for you. I'm not upset with you. You just need to trust me. Trust that I will never leave you. My grace and my love will never run out on you. Just come and rest here in my presence.
Amen. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And a lot of us have been in that situation and understand exactly what that skit is saying. Uh, we understand what it's like to, to feel like we have no one else and we understand what it's like to know that God has never left us. He's never forsaken us if we'll just come back to him. Um, man, what a, what a great half, first half of our service so far. You can feel God's presence. You can feel his Holy Spirit moving amongst hearts. And, you know, I got kind of convicted of something talking about the Holy Spirit that we always talk about his presence, but he is a person. He is a person. We, we, we talk about your presence is welcome here. We just love your presence, but he's actually a person. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. So I don't take that lightly that he's here, that his presence is here, that we can feel him, get a relationship with him. And I just thank the Modified Youth Group, the kids, for, for greeting today, for ushering, for using their gifts, um, for being a light that shines for Jesus. And we've actually got a special treat. Um, I've got four of them that want to come up here, and, and this is a big deal to them. It's a big deal to me, and it's a big deal to God. Even if, you know, even if they come up here and read something that God laid on their heart and they just read it, that's a big deal to get up in front of a church and do that. So we've got four young people from our youth group that just wanted to share for a couple minutes before I preach, and I'm perfectly fine handing that off to them because my job, not just as a youth pastor, but as a pastor, and our job as leaders in the church is to train people up to take our place. So we need to pour in to the people of this church and invest in them, and I'm so thankful that they're having the boldness to come up here. The longer I talk, the probably more they're wanting to bail on me, but... <laughs> I will have Miss Macy come first. We'll use this one. We got Mike Six. Okay, how everyone doing this morning? Hang on, I gotta get pulled up. I have typed out for once. Okay, so how many of y'all heard of alcohol and cigarettes? And how many of you have been exposed to it during your childhood? Okay, I know most of y'all are lying, but okay. That works. <laughs> I've been exposed to it all my life. And third grade year, it was the hardest year of school that I had. It was the year that my cousin Riley had killed himself. And it was hard. It was extremely hard. And then fifth grade year through seventh grade year was my biggest depression wave and my biggest anxiety wave. And I turned away from God and be like, I can handle this. I can handle it myself. And then middle of sixth grade year, I realized I can't do this without him. So I started coming back and started doing coming if I wanted to. And... I tried to put a smile on for everyone here because I wanted to seem okay. But I realized I can't do that. It's okay to not be okay. And I did not know that at the time. But then it was a verse. I don't know. I, can't, I think it was on a Wednesday night that Rick read. It was Psalms 30, 11. You have turned my morning, morning into joyful dancing. 
You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. And that was read in the summer of my sixth, seventh, going into seventh grade year. And it just hit hard because I was like, that was meant for me. And then COVID hit. Everything shut down. I felt isolated again. And then I, at the end, like, near, not the end end, but, like, once everything, like, started opening up, so, like, August, I started coming back. And, like, I started coming really regularly, actually. And then I got back involved back with OC Kids more. And then that leaves us where we are now. I have never been this happy. I have never been this confident. Like sixth grade year or sixth grade me would not be here right now. Would not be standing up here. And then there was another verse. It's Isaiah forty thirty one. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So And this is the strongest point in my faith right now. It really is. So I have one question for you. What is stopping you from being this strong in your faith? God. At this time, Tommy Bruns is going to come up and share. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody today? That's good. Good worship, right? Very good. It keeps on getting better. Excuse me as I pull this up. Who struggles with things? Everybody in this room should lift their hand to that. If you didn't, you're just a big old fat liar. (laughs) Everybody struggles. But we can't let that struggle keep us from getting closer to God. Mark fifteen twenty one, New Living Translation. A passerby named Simon, who was from Serene, was coming from the countryside just then. And the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Did you know that the cross has been estimated to weigh upwards of 300 pounds? Could you imagine carrying a 300-pound cross on your back? But sometimes whenever we struggle in our faith, it feels like that. But we don't have to carry it. God will carry it for us. We all have struggles. He knows what those struggles are. You can't hide them from him. He knows. And while I was worshiping, I saw something happen in this area. I don't know what it was, but I saw a man, and he was sitting there, and he was worshiping. And somebody came up and just started praying. And then another person. And they were praying for him, and he was crying, and it was beautiful, just seeing God move. I don't know what God did for that person, but he did something. God is alive, and he is moving, and he will carry your struggle for you to the end. He will be there for you. He knows what you're going through. I don't even need to preach today. 
This time I'll have Grace come up. Again, so proud of these guys. Yes. And I turned mine off. Okay. All right. I just have a little thing to share with you, and then I promise I'll get off the stage. Um, so um, I didn't really know what I was going to talk about. I'm not going to lie to you. I couldn't decide. I'm an indecisive person. But then I was listening to this song, and I changed my mind at the last minute. So <laughs> um, I was listening on the way here. I was listening to um, You Hold It All Together by Maverick City Music. I love that song. It's so good. And one of the, my favorite parts is... Um, the part where it says, God of my present, God of my future, you write my story, you hold it all together. So this is super comforting, especially if you break it down. It's like God of my present. So if you're going through anything or you're just, it could be a big struggle or it could just be a minor inconvenience that maybe ruins your day. He is the God of your present. He's holding you in your entire life and every situation in his hand and especially God of my future, especially for kids my age, about to go into college, it's really comforting to know that God holds your future. No matter what happens, no matter what situation you may go through, God holds your future, and he holds your entire life in his hands, and he writes your story. So whatever happens, even though we may not understand it and it may not feel right, God is writing your story. It's, the pen is in his hands, so there's no need to worry. And even if it feels wrong, it's, it's his story. He's writing it, so it can't be wrong. You know what I mean? And also, I have a verse that goes with that, and it's Psalms 95.4. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. If he holds the entire earth and the mountains and the oceans in his hands, then it's even more comforting that he holds our life in his hands. Because if he can handle that, he can handle our little life. So... Amen, amen. So good, so good, so good to hear them speak and share their hearts. We have one more. It's my son. He probably wasn't supposed to be here, but he's here. And he's going to read from his devotion, so if you'll come up here, Jackson. Talk about celebrating God. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with joy. Psalm 47, verse 1. Do you need some ideas as to what you should celebrate about God? Here's a list to get you started. He created everything. Everything. That means the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, the oceans, the mountains, trees, flowers, grass, Every animal you can think of. Air and water. People. That means you, your family, and your friends. He sent Jesus, which means you can have salvation. The Bible and prayer. Well, that should get you started. Celebrate God and all He gives.
<laughs> amen, amen. Oh, goodness. Makes my heart happy. Makes God's heart happy. Again, just a, a thank you to all of our modified youth. And um, we've got a great group of kids. I know all of them don't come up on the stage and talk or play music or, you know, things like that. But they all love the Lord. And it's, and it's great when we get together on Wednesdays and Sundays together. It's great to know uh, where they're rooted in their faith. And it's important for them to understand that before they head off to college, like Grace was saying, because you get out from under the wing of mom and dad in a, in a local church and you go off to school somewhere, you better be rooted in your faith. Because profet college professors, um, different people that you're going to meet, are going to all pull you in a different direction. And we want them to be raised up here at Orchardville Church to believe everything that's in this book for them. We want them to walk in power and might and the strength of the Lord in their life and to be able to turn to this when the world tries to throw something at them as they leave. So, you know, my wish for, my prayer for all of our kids that, you know, either end up growing up and staying here in the church or going off somewhere else is that they minister in those churches, that they are a light and that God places them wherever he places them and they start shining that light for people when they're there. So just a, a great morning. Uh, I'm just going to talk preach for 10 minutes, <laughs> maybe. So turn with me to, to Luke chapter 5. How do you preach after that? Somebody said you don't. Okay, see you later. <laughs> Luke chapter 5, and I'll try to get through this. Um, I also liked how kind of all of their little talks and testimonies kind of lined up together. So good. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what God does. Luke chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 5. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Just a little funny thing is that Jesus can make a pulpit, pulpit out of anything. <laughs> but when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. So after Jesus had, had, had done his teaching here, he wanted to do something good for Simon, who had lent him the use of his boat. Simon Peter could not give something, and we can't give something to Jesus without Jesus giving even more back to us. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And he calls him master. That means commander, leader, or boss. With this title, Peter showed that he was willing to take orders from Jesus. And he could, he could have come up with so many excuses right then and there. You know, I've worked all night, I'm tired, I don't want to do this, I just... Just take it, do what you want to do. I know a lot more about fishing than what a carpenter would do. You know, he's, he could tell him any of these excuses. I know um, the best fishing's at night, not in the daytime. All these crowds are so loud, they're scaring the fish. Right, fishermen? Can't be loud. Um, Jesus made me no religion, but he doesn't know fishing. All these things could have been going through Simon Peter's mind about what Jesus is asking him to do. But he says, if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. This was a statement of faith and trust in Jesus' word. 
And all throughout the ages, we have clung to those words in the book, the Bible. We have clung to those words and, and, and stood on those things in statements of faith. And we've grown in confidence in the words of Jesus. And this morning, just for a little bit, I want to talk about those four words that he said, if you say so. If you say so. And Peter's getting his, he's getting his boat hijacked by Jesus. And I'm sure he's thinking, can I just turn in and get some sleep? We've been at this a while. I'm not catching anything. Things aren't going well. But he does it anyway. Maybe he thought I owe him one. Because if you go back in chapter 4, Jesus had just healed his mother-in-law. So maybe he's like, you know, I'll do this. He was good to me. He was good to my mother-in-law. Men, be good to your mother-in-law. <laughs> he says, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And again, this is the rabbi telling the fishermen what to do where to catch fish. Let me teach you how to do this. And if I, you can almost feel the offense in Peter's voice. No, we've done this all night. We've, you know, we didn't catch anything. But if you say so. And he asked him to go out into the deep. He's asking him, let's go out here farther, away from everybody, in this middle of the Sea of Galilee, which is like 13 miles by 8 miles, and let's just get out here away from the noise. Away from everybody else, let's get out here. And again, maybe Peter's thinking, this is not how we do it. We usually catch them by the shore. This is not the right time of day. But sometimes, when you look at this in life, God needs to get us out away from the noise. God needs to get us away from the busyness of life, and he needs us to be alone with him. Now, there's one thing, there's a couple things about isolation. It can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. Uh, when you isolate yourself in a bad way, that brings desolation to your life. Um, that's not the kind of isolation we're talking about this morning. When you isolate with God, that's a good thing. You get away from everything else. You get away from the noise. You get away from the problems. You get away from what people are trying to scream into your life and into your mind. And you get alone with God. Now keep in mind, he's frustrated. He's exhausted. And now he's isolated with Jesus. You think about that in our lives. We get frustrated at times. Amen? Um, and we isolate. But when we do these things, we get frustrated in life, but then we isolate with God, that equals encounters with him. Even when we're frustrated, even when we're going through things, if we can make time to isolate alone with God and just be with us, me and him, you and him, if we can make that time, that's where encounters happen with his Holy Spirit. It is so important that we do that. Um, and he's asking him, let's isolate, let's go out here on our own, let's get away from things. And let's talk. Let's do what I've asked you to do. And he says, let down your nets to catch some fish. What did Peter just get done doing with these nets? Washing them. And you want me to get them dirty again? I just, wa I just cleaned these things. But he said, if you say so, if you say so, I'll do this. I'll let down the nets. He might have been saying, I don't get it. I don't agree with it. This makes no sense. I got all my other fishermen looking at me like, what a weirdo. 
going out there. We just got done doing this. What is he doing? I've got all these people looking at me. I'm tired. I've just cleaned these. But if you say so, I'll do it. Four words that change the course of Peter's life right here in the scripture. The same four words that can change our life. If God says so, if you say so, I'll do it. I'll do it, whatever it is, God. In the life that, that you and I long to live, whether we understand this right now or not, the life that you and I long to live is in obedience to God. It has to be in everything. You know, I know a lot of people that'll skip through some of this and not pay attention to it and not be obedient to all of it and just be obedient to some. We can't do that and live a life that God wants to bless. All of it. We have to be obedient to him. Obedience to God. If Peter says no here, he doesn't become a disciple. A lot of things change in his life if he does not say yes to Jesus. If you say so, I'll do this. The whole course of his life is going to be different if he rejects it right here and is obedient to what God says. Anybody been there? Tried to do your own thing and God took you a whole different way? We chose that when we go against him. When we're not obedient, we choose it. What's it? You make your bed, lie down in it now? That's happened to me before. God's had to slap me around a little bit. What's our response when God asks us to do something? Do we drop everything and do it, or do we disobey, or do we delay in our obedience? I've done them all. I've been obedient. I've been disobedient. I've, okay, I might do that. I've delayed my obedience. But we have to get to the place in our life where we say, if you say so, I'm doing it. I don't care what it looks like, I'm doing it. And it might be something totally crazy. It might be something that there's no way, God, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to run around and, and shout and raise my hands in church. If he tells you to do it, you do it. No, God, I'm not going to kneel down and just cry and worship you and say, thank you, God, for everything. No, that's too weird, God. There's people here that will see me. But if he tells you to do it in your heart, then do it. No, I don't think I could just go up and pray for that person in Walmart, even though you're laying it on my heart. If he tells you to do it, if you say so, God, I'll do it. How many times do we miss out on what God has for our lives because we don't want to be obedient? He puts it in us, and we ignore it. You know, a quick story. I went to Kroger one time. The kids know this story, youth group kids. I went to the Kroger one time, and this cashier, I, I was looking for fish sticks for my kids. Men's fish fry. It's Jackson's fault and Brylan's. It's them. I'm looking for fish sticks. I can't find them anywhere. I go up to the front, and there's this cashier, and right away, boom, God checks it in my spirit. She's got something going on. I said, I'm here for fish sticks. <laughs> I could just tell. I mean, when I started talking to her, I could tell. And I knew her a little bit. I knew who she was. And I was like, um, you know, here's God putting this in my spirit. You need to talk to her. You need to find out what's going on. And I said, can you tell me where the fish sticks are? <laughs> All the time knowing she's got problems. You need to talk to her. Into my spirit. And I was disobedient. That ate away at me when I went home. 
It's been a few years ago. Just kept working on me. So I was like, you know what? I bet she's on Facebook. I know my way around Facebook a little bit. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh. So I messaged her. I said, hey, I disobeyed God today. And she's probably thinking, what? <laughs> I said, did you have something wrong with you? I said, I feel like I let God down and I want to make it right. And she said, yes, I did. And I was like, I knew it. You knew it. Why didn't I just do as you said so? And I said, I'm sorry. I apologize. I want to apologize to you. I said, what happened? I said, because I was supposed to speak some life into your life. And she said, I just got done getting chewed out by a customer for something that wasn't even my fault. And it just really knocked me down and I was upset about it. And I was like, man, you do speak to us. You do put things in our spirit to do. And he confirmed it when I, caught, when I messaged her. And she said, oh, don't worry about it. I said, nope, I want to make it right. And told her I was praying for her. Um, I actually invited her out to church. But, but just that slight disobedience, if I would have went home and just ignored it, she wouldn't know that God cared about her. I mean, it would have been better if I did it right then. And I've had those moments in my life, and I'm trying to be better at those that, yes, Lord, I don't care what it looks like. This person may think I'm completely nuts, but if you're saying it, I don't want them to miss out on what you have for them. And I don't want to miss out on him using me to help somebody else. And he works like that. If we listen for his voice, he works like that. If we listen for things he puts in our spirit and we sense that, he works like that. And how many times does he want to utilize us for his kingdom, to grow his kingdom, and we ignore that voice? And we're not obedient. So I'm telling you this morning, if it doesn't make sense, what if, what if, what if, what if God moves in that situation? What's the worst that can happen if you go up and talk to somebody about the Lord and they reject you? Oh, well. Are we going to miss sometimes? Yeah, we'll miss sometimes, but I'd rather have the boldness to go speak life into people than to shy away every time God puts that on my spirit. I don't want to miss those chances and opportunities. Verse 6, and this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. First he's cleaning these nets, disinterested in fishing anymore. Then he puts them down, probably reluctantly, okay, if you say so. And now he brings them in and they're breaking. Thanks a lot, Jesus. I had these nice clean nets, now they're dirty again and they're breaking. But I guarantee he was thankful. Like, how in the world did this happen? And sometimes God will wreck our lives in a good way when he finally gets us to listen to him. And we begin to be obedient. He might change the whole direction of your life by your obedience in that moment. The whole thing. He changes it for Peter here. If you say so, those moments change us. Let me jump down here. We all talk about loving the thought of change sometimes, but when it actually comes down to it, sometimes that'll break us. It'll make us get out of our comfort zone and go a completely different direction than what we had planned for our lives. But if we're being obedient, you cannot go wrong in that. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, like Grace talked about, you can't go wrong in that. I'm sure there's many of you guys in here this morning that have been obedient to God's call in your life in different times, and you saw that this is not what I had planned, but God said this is better for you. We're all throughout this sanctuary. You guys have been through that. You understand that. 
All throughout the Bible, you see how God moves when the people of God were obedient. Abram, if he wasn't obedient to leaving his family, leaving everything that he knew and following God, then he wouldn't have had all the descendants that God promised him. He wouldn't have made him into a great nation. That wouldn't have happened for him, but he was obedient. Noah building the ark. Good thing he was obedient. Or he would have perished with the rest of them. Mary, the mother of Jesus, my goodness. Hey, you're gonna be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. You good with that? <laughs> what if she wasn't obedient to that? Where would we be today? And Jesus, obedient to go to the cross to die for my sins, for your sins, to give us a clean, fresh start, and to be able to spend eternity in heaven with him. What if he wouldn't have been obedient to God's call on his life? If you guys will stand this morning. You guys can start that worship video, please. You guys just bow your head for a minute here. These, these steps of obedience, I just want you to start praying right now. Pray for yourself if you need it. Pray for the person next to you. Steps of obedience, if you say so. I don't know what that looks like for you guys this morning. But I know that when God gives us a command to do something, and we are obedient in that, in those if you say so moments that he will bless our lives. And, and this morning you may be resisting something God has called you to do. And if you're doing that, there's a blessing you're missing out on. When we resist God, we forfeit what God has for us. I don't want you guys, I don't want myself, I don't want you guys to forfeit what God has for you by not being obedient to him. Maybe you're unwilling to forgive this morning, you're still holding on to that. Maybe you're unwilling to take the steps that are needed to, to get out of addiction from whatever it is you're addicted to. Maybe you need to be free from anger this morning and you're not taking the steps that God's called you to do to be free from that. blessing that you're forfeiting when you're not being obedient to God there's blessing on the other side of whatever it is he's asking you to do if you say so God so Peter starts out in this story questioning God questioning him to the end where he sees a miracle a miracle catch of fish and he believes so this morning, has God told you to do something and you haven't been obedient? Has God told you to do something? Has he put something in your spirit and you're resisting that right now? I just want you to come this morning and pray and be obedient to what he's doing in your heart right now, what he's tugging on, what he's wanting to change for you and trust him in that. Trust him in that, that he knows better for your life, that he's writing your life. Like Grace mentioned, he's, he's the author of your life. So whatever he's calling you to be obedient in, just do it. If you say so, God, it may not make sense to you, but if you say so, and he's saying it to you, then be obedient. Be obedient. So I want you to come. I'm opening the altars as we sing. I want you to come and I want you to pray. I want you to be obedient to whatever it is. If you need prayer for healing, salvation, rededication, whatever it is, be obedient to what he's doing in your heart right now. 
and respond. Don't miss out on what God has for you. Open the altars.